Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Okay, here we go. The following podcast is a member of the Great Big Owl family. Thursday, Thursday, gotta think, think of something, something on Thursday. Thursday. Think of something, think of something. I mean, we're late starting today, Dave. Do you want to tell the uh, tell the nation why we're late starting? A uh, number of reasons. Yep. One, uh, your wife had some gossip. Yep, wasn't I? Wasn't great. Gossip. I'll be honest. I didn't know any of the people involved in it, and uh, I didn't really follow it. Yeah, but it's, she seemed very excited about it. She's very and excited. The fact that she was out of breath, so she clearly run all the way up to the top of the, the house to tell you. She, yeah, 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 absolutely. She sprinting up the stairs. I thought you know the dog was on fire or something. But it's a yeah. bit of gossip from a on set as an actor, Dave. You know, uh, the acting from I would say fifteen years ago, and she's expecting right. me to remember what happened. Yeah, and you were involved in it, weren't you? But you have no idea what it was. Ask me what I had for breakfast this morning. Like, yeah, well, exactly. Not Scooby. Exactly. A, a story that happened on set 15 years ago, and I just had to, unfortunately, it was a bit of an anticlimax. She said, so who was it about? Who was the story about that was referenced? And I said, I don't know. I don't remember anything. And then she left the room. So, But then, well, she came back in then, didn't she? Because your mother needs a Christmas tree. Oh, then I was like, well, listen, we're about to start cabin fever. And she went, fine. Yeah. But looked blankly because she knows, you know, she she just doesn't. I, I'll be honest with you. She just doesn't give a shit about cabin fever, Dave. I sometimes I sometimes think she has other priorities in her life that aren't cabin fever. Mm, well, you have, you'll, you'll have to work on that, but that's fine. She said, "Who are you on the phone to?" I said, "Not on the phone. I'm doing a podcast. Not a phone call. <laughs> phone to anyone. I'm doing a podcast." You know. But it did remind me that I need a Christmas tree. So we've taken the decision, right, in my family, in Don's my family, that my mother Sally Price. Uh, is not going to come to us for Christmas, which is very sad because she's, uh, she's by herself. Yeah. Uh, which we, is a very difficult decision to make, but we've, it's the right thing. And we're going to wait a few more weeks. And hopefully, I think she's top of the list to get a vaccine because if I have a quick look at her medical records, oh, she's got everything. Yeah. So she's <laughs> absolutely like, if this was the EasyJet queue jumping service, she yes. is right to the front. So hopefully, she's going to get jabbed up good and proper early doors uh, in 2021 and then she can come and stay with us which is lovely right but it seems crazy to because it is a risk to have her come and stay with us um however my wife is now taking it upon herself to sort my mum's christmas out and is buying her a christmas tree and going to get her decorations delivered to her place in south wales so but she needs a real tree because she's a snob that's what i heard she needs a real tree because she is a snob this is my mum who i mentioned this the other day didn't i oh no i mentioned this on my radio show i think uh that when i said to my mum have you seen the crown uh, she said why would i want to watch that i was there yeah, it's an interesting take on interesting sort take. of the arts, isn't it? <laughs> well, it's interesting. The, the story of the royal family, as far as she's concerned, she was there. She's such a snob. She actually believes she is the queen. She was in the in the in the palace. Yeah, 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 yeah. Genuinely, and I had to. But even if she was there, even I imagined the queen's watching, going. I wonder what happened between Charles and Diana in Gloucestershire. Do you know what I mean? Well, I imagine yes. she's going. This is interesting. This is the greatest question that the nation is asking right now: is which members of the royal family have watched the crown? Yeah. Desperate yeah. to know. If there's one thing I could know, 
fuck have we met aliens, right? Forget that stuff. I don't care about the cure, the solution to climate change. Have the royal family watched the crown. That's all I want. I would imagine if you did a tick, a yes-no box game, I imagine William and Harry have watched the first two seasons. Mm-hmm. Because I think they'll be... They're just of the generation, aren't they? Well, they'll have watched it, but I think they'll have deliberately not watched it from then onwards, you know? Especially they, this new season. They don't want to watch their mum and dad being basically arseholes to each other. No, exactly. It's not entertainment, you know. And, and if they're not being arseholes, they're having sex with each other. It's, it's a real, like, oh, there's, there's, God, nothing, true. there's nothing there for them at all. <laughs> that's what's there's, worse. What's yeah, worse? Exactly. Um, and, and, and Harry has come out and said, please stop doing this before it gets to, to us. Yes. Like, you know, he's, he's very deliberately said that. I know, but I've got um, quite a good Harry-esque beard at the moment. I reckon I, I could go for the part of Harry with this beard. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. But yeah, but Harry needs to... How old's Harry? Um, <laughs> Without being too... Well, I mean, he's younger. Yeah, there'd be a certain amount of time bending that would need to happen. Yeah. But, you know, I could wear a lot of makeup. Someone told me a great story about Prince Harry on, on My Mate Bought a Toaster. They met Prince Harry in a uh, portable toilet at a polo match. What, in a in a cubicle? Yeah, not a cubicle, like a urinal, a portable no, urinal. A hun- they're called honey wagons. And he was, um, uh, this guy walked in to use a urinal and uh, Harry was there uh, in in a conversation with someone. And Harry was listening to this really boring bloke who was trying to, as I imagine it happens to the royals a lot, trying to keep his attention, trying to keep Harry in the room. Bear right. in mind, this is a pissy little shed, basically, in the New Forest uh, during a polo match. And Harry literally just walked out the room, right? Just walked away. And the guy was in the middle of the story, like, hey, we're near Harry, I haven't finished yet. And this guy said, Harry, I haven't finished yet. And Harry stopped at the door, turned around, and went, gotta go, mate. And then did the thing where he put, uh, you can do this with me, Dave, he put a finger on either side of his mouth and then stuck his tongue through the middle. Hmm. <laughs> Lovely. Delightful. He had to go and attend to other matters. Yeah. Sorry. He's um, very, very prudish about that day. I didn't do it. It's not me. I didn't say. No, it's just I, very early in the morning, just, isn't it? People are going to be listening to some of their breakfast. Well, it's just, it just, Harry doesn't come out of the story quite well. So, you know, could make for a great series seven of The Crown. Yes, that's true. That is true. Um, so I, I imagine they've seen some of it. I just, I think the Queen would have sneakily watched it, do you know? Yeah. I think she's she's quite in touch with that sort of stuff, but she'll have been told not to watch it. Yeah, yeah. It's tricky, isn't it? I don't know, yeah. I, I, it's She comes out of it quite well and all of it, but anyway, it's... it's I mean, does she? <sighs> well, I mean, she, she comes out of it as controlling her children, not letting them do anything they want, and basically having zero emotions yeah. or love for them. Yeah, like I say, standard aristocratic parenting. Nothing wrong with that at all. That's that's how you. Sh- that's how one should parent. It is it starting is a, to sound quite like your mother. There, it's a parenting manual. Exactly. I was there. I was there. That's how I was brought up I in the aristocracy. There. Oh, is that why you were never with me? Because you were there in that building when I was growing up. Yes, never did you any harm. Um, yeah. So uh, we need to supply Christmas trees. When are you going to get your Christmas tree? That's the well. I'm looking now. I'd, I'm absolutely not getting a real one because I'm neither a snob nor can I be asked with the faff of it. Well, also the dog as well. Herc would absolutely destroy exactly. It. There's just too much. There's too much stuff to pick up after him already. I don't need him eating the bloody tree and everything going everywhere. Mm. I'll probably just get one of those little pre-lit ones. You know, lovely, lovely. What what sort of size you're thinking? Well, I mean, this is exactly what I'm just thinking now. They're looking at six, seven, or ten foot seems to be your options. I'd go seven. I'd go seven. Sure. I mean, you're you're a six foot man, aren't you? Six foot something man. I think seven size. You you want a Christmas tree? You want to reach up? 
when you pop the fairy on. You know, one should always reach for a fairy. It's it's unbecoming yeah. to to be above a fairy. How much does a Christmas tree cost? I don't know oh. if these are good prices or not. They really they really vary. From- oh god, you're not on your Instagram adverts, are you? No, but I'll be getting some within the within the day. Don't worry. Yeah. That's why I'll just talk about a thing enough, and then it'll pop up, won't it? Yeah, it really will. Very that's useful. The, that's the dream of it. It's really good. Um, I um, would. I'd s- like a well priced but classy Christmas tree, please. Instagram. Well, there you go. I'm just well, saying it into the phone. <laughs> Instagram. Get me a Christmas tree and a roll up TV for eighty grand. Hell um, yeah. I guess how much our real Christmas tree cost last year, and this was I'd say about six foot, just over six foot. Hundred quid. No, not that bad. Sixty. 60 all right yeah i was gonna get that but then i thought i was too low yeah there's a christmas tree shop opened in the village here where i am oh yeah and um yeah fascinated fascinated by the economics of a shop that just opens for one month a year and sells trees and then buggers off mm. they also sell currently apples and bananas okay um because then tom they are of course an essential shop Oh, is that right? Is that all you've got to sell in order? You've to got to sell some some food, I think. I can't imagine there's any other reason because it's literally Christmas trees, Christmas trees, Christmas lights, Christmas trees, Christmas trees, and, and in the corner, <laughs> apples and bananas. And unless they're just thinking this is notoriously hungry work, shopping for a Christmas tree. Yeah, um, but also, crucially, they are open and it's lockdown, so I imagine that is the loophole into which they have jumped. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, trees are about 40, 50, 60 quid And I think it's very good value If I could be asked with the faff what, what, Hang on, what is the faff here? What is the faff of the real tree? Take me through the faff The faff, faff of the real tree is, is, the, is the needles, isn't it? It's just a mess, it just all comes off It's uh, yeah, oh. It smells nice, Dave It smells it's nice and it, lo- it does look nicer But the dog as well, the dog will go yeah. for it, you know Well, sure, yeah, he'll, he'll be on it Dave, breaking news, breaking news, Dave Yep You know this is Think of Something Thursday Yes We thought of something Hello Guess what? I mean, I, I could be here all day if I have to guess. Okay. Uh, is Pablo reading a story about Pablo? Murder? No, it's not Pablo. It's not Pablo on the line, but we do have somebody on the line. We have taken someone from Funtime Friday, who I feel was shortchanged on Funtime Friday the other day, and we've brought them to think of something Thursday. Are we going to talk to them after the adverts? Could do. Might as well. <laughs> Lovely structuring. Well done. I always love a production meeting during the content of the show. Well done, everyone. Just guide you gently towards the former. <laughs> Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. It is cabin fever. And today, why have I gone serious, Dave? <laughs> it's weird. You're, Sorry. You're, like you're reading the news. Welcome to Cabin Fever. The headlines are, Alistair from Mull is on the line. Hooray! Good morning. How are you doing? 
Alistair, can I just say straight away, congratulations on your sound quality. You've blown Cornelius out of the water. Why, thank you. Well, that's very kind of you to see. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, Cornelius is a professional radio producer, and he sounds like he's... very, very good. Well, I I mean, let's not, you know... Clinton Baptiste stuff's fantastic. Oh, oh, you mean his actual radio production? Oh, I see. Yeah, Yeah, it's awesome. Um, Yeah, critique on him. He does that. He does the You're Dead to Me podcast on Radio 4. Which is brilliant, yeah. It is very good, to be fair. Yeah. Um, but he can't make himself sound good on a podcast, can he? Yeah, also, can we not give Cornelius <laughs> too much love? Because if you look at our reviews on the Apple Podcast app, like the second, oh, there's only three reviews, the second one is called Cornelius, which I feel is, you know, I mean, it doesn't represent the podcast that well, Dave. No, it's not. Is that just the title of it? Yeah, it's I the title saying that ages ago. Yes. Yeah. I'm going to look at the reviews now in a minute. That's, yeah. that's, an, exi- that's an exciting thing. Alistair, welcome to Cabin Fever. Um, Thank you. You are a, this is a, I'd say, a first in that you have... We've never graduated anyone from Frontime Friday, have we, Tom? Uh, no, we haven't. I mean, obviously, we want to do a people special, but oh, <laughs> yeah. um, no, we haven't. And and I th- I think this is the right thing to do because I want to know first of all whereabouts you are in the country. And when we spoke to you briefly the other day before you were knocked off due to the frantic, frenetic nature of Funtime Friday, um, it sounded like you were standing on a cliff edge somewhere. And I just I like the idea of someone standing on the edge of the world. So let's go with that. <laughs> Well, I was um, at the time I was standing at the top uh, the wee hill in front of our house, and I was looking out over to the island of Rum, and then uh, Cana in the distance beyond that, and then uh, there was the Atlantic Ocean there in front of me, kind of with loads of clouds on that day. It was absolutely beautiful, and then down below me, on the shoreline, was the Isle of Mull oyster beds there, um, and that was yeah, absolutely gorgeous, really a really nice day. But we've got blue skies today, which is a nice change. It's been solid grey here for a few days, and uh, yeah, really, really rainy and. <laughs> Not much fun that way. And it, it, what is the usual weather makeup of Mull? Is it is it more? I mean, rain. I, think, is, yeah, is. I was going to say I didn't want to put too fine a point in it, but that's the impression we have from down here. But is that is that accurate? Um, it depends. Yes and no. Um, d- sometimes you can get fantastic, um, lovely, clear spells. Like when um, when lockdown fell, it was just amazing. We had a, an incredible kind of spring, and I was out sort of clearing bracken up the back of the house with a, with a big stick for, for days and chopping wood for for days and sort of living the sort of um, woodland dream. But uh, yeah, it was it was amazing uh, weather then, and it's it it comes and goes. Sometimes you get the grey season when everything's just sort of grey for for a wee while, um, but um, yeah, it's but when it's when it, this kind of time of year is amazing because the light is that bit lower, so it catches the land in a really beautiful way and brings out the the, the colours, the oranges of the kind of autumn colours, really really nice, and the greens are that bit deeper and it's kind of magical. No two ways about it. Dave, can I just suggest, can I just there's a, there's a there's a problem, Dave. <laughs> What's that? Well, we've now we have now accidentally invited on the best broadcaster who's ever been on. Yeah. Are we? Seeing you feeling very North shamed. Zira, South Zira, and all that. <laughs> <laughs> it does sound magical. I also want to move to Mull. That's well, uh, once it's all done, come up and you know. I'm sure John with people from Peoples and a few other folk would come do a, do an addition from somewhere around here. Cabin Fever Tour. Be, Cabin Fever Tour. Be awesome. Lovely. Gosh, it'd be so when you said it's all done, I presume you meant you mean lockdown and COVID. I thought you meant the, the island. I thought, I thought yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Exactly, well, yeah. When well, we close the border, no. <laughs> oh. Everyone's always welcome. Don't worry. Is, it, is that where you're a native to, then, Alistair? Is that where you grew up and everything? 
No, I grew up um, uh, in Dunoon uh, on the Firth of Clyde, um, which was kind of famous for the American naval base being there, mm. where um, all the nuclear weapons were during the uh, Cuban Missile Crisis. And uh, there's, a, there's a tale about that, which is an interesting thing, that um, <laughs> the, um, when the Cuban Missile Crisis fell, one of the main targets for the Russians would be uh, the ship that was in the Holy Loch there, uh, the Proteus, I think she was, and because she was the, the, the vessel that was servicing all the kind of nuclear submarines that, that, that were going out in the Atlantic runs. And so for the Americans and so they chopped all the wires as quickly as they could along the side of the boat and fled as far <laughs> fast as they could go but they weren't ready at all for sea and the first place that they ended up in the height of the Cuban Missile Crisis was Tobermory which is here on the Isle of Mull uh, and uh, they were going to the shop looking for all the shopping and like, something like that in the height of the Missile Crisis and then once they managed to get the shop from the co-op they, they, they headed out to the Atlantic and they were so unready for sea there were bits of the engine that were sort of in these big deep storms were clattering around and batting, battering into things and they were like the whole bits in the engine room were falling apart as they were the kind of the eye of the, the, the storm of the world but oh, wow. they were off in the, so oh, I love it where's the film where's the sitcom of that that is a sitcom uh, there, there are some stories. It's, um, yeah, apparently half the crew went missing because they were all so seasick they kind of hid <laughs> just wherever they could as well. But, but I, no, I came to Mull uh, about 14, 15 years ago now and I've been here um, yeah, ever since. It's um, yeah, I, just, I, I, I work with um, uh, with uh, film and theatre and, and uh, education and I just go wherever the wind blows for work and I thought it would be as well being somewhere you love um, with, you know, there's so much downtime in these kind of, uh, these industries so I thought, yeah. yeah, I may as well be somewhere I really love and I, I'm really chuffed I made the choice to be here. It's it must great. be amazing this year as well because obviously we love tourists, I'm sure you love the tourists that come and, and help the economy and all that stuff but oh, fuck, how yes. good is that not to have any tourists around? It must be magical having the place to yourself all summer. That was really, really special. It, this, at the start, particularly, it was really, um, it was just, it was incredible. We all felt sort of really bright ownership of kind of, an, of of our perspective on things as well, which was lovely. But then when lockdown did kind of ease slightly, there were people that came in, um, and it was it was great to see the place busy with folk coming in. And these were people who were desperate for a holiday. You could totally understand it. So you know, they really made the most of it going out to Staffa and um, you know see um, Lunga and uh, the Fingal's Cave and Staffa and see the puffins and Lunga and stuff like oh, that. The was, puffins, yeah, oh, there are puffins. Yeah, you can go out with Tourist Mara and go and see the puffins and Lunga. It's uh, yeah, it's a lovely thing to do. So what? Are, let's have some of the things then. What are the things to do? So I'm coming there with the family, going up to yeah. Mole, Right. What are the what are the top three, as recommended by Alistair, recommendations for a bit of touristing around there? Well, I would say for, for the number one thing is to go out to um, Staffa and the Trishnish Isles with Tourist Mara from Ulva Ferry because it's a really... Uh, there's something about going out to Lunga, which is an island that's a, basically a bird sanctuary. And there's you know birds of every type you can think of, all sorts of seabirds. And there's puffins. You, you can get so close to puffins that you can practically stroke them. Hmm. They're just amazing. And they're so can I take one home? What's Is that frowned upon? Or? Um, generally speaking, yeah, unless you have Tupperware. They're okay in Tupperware, but they're okay. not fine. <laughs> okay, so, bring, uh, bring, okay, bring Tupperware. Yeah, cool, carry on, yeah. <laughs> Um, that's that's a, a magical thing. Another th- thing to do as well is to go to um, over to Ulva, which is an island um, in, in in sort of in, in, the, in the sort of crest of of, of Mull and sort of the middle bit there. And it's just come into community ownership recently, and it's a really it's a really really special place. And it's very remote, and um, yeah, there's the, it's just incredible views there across uh, other islands and uh, and that. And then down further south into the Ross of Mull, Ross of Mull is, is beautiful. Where Benesson and Finnefer are, they're, they're 
there's um, Nockvalgan Beach and all sorts of lovely beaches and like beaches you can only dream of down there as there are throughout you know even the Mall of Kintyre has got loads of great beaches as well down way way down there, over there and uh, Iona the island of Iona which is um, part of the archipelago around here as well Iona is a very special place full of absolutely magical people as well it's gonna it's, uh, oh. oh Dave it just sounds dreamy doesn't it I know oh. I'm sitting here in bloody rainy london i know forget but i love london home. i miss london oh, oh really no. have you have you done a, have you spent a bit of your life in london you've done a bit of london i, I didn't um, i've never lived in london but i've gone in for work every now and again i sort of um yeah just mm. when it calls I, I go in and i just love um what? it's all the wee all the wee bits of villages and stuff like it's, mm. it's a massive city but it's all the wee kind of i know there's an intimacy to london as well it's absolutely magic it's there's a fab place yeah, yeah I course. mean it's an absolutely great place. Like, I, I absolutely adore living here, but I just you know it, I, spe- I think this year especially has just given me a completely different perspective on you know maybe I, I've never thought of myself that I'd want to go and, and live somewhere as remote as you know Mull or or, or or anywhere in the Hebrides or anything like that. But I just I think yeah. I think I'll be absolutely fine with it, guys. And we talked about it on the oh, podcast yeah. yesterday, didn't we, Tom? Like, I think yeah. I'm absolutely thrilled with yeah. these working, guys. Forget working from home, working from Scotland. That's what we're going to be doing. Yeah. I um just you know when you've been describing Alistair, what you're seeing in all the places to go and you know it's just delicious to listen to and the idea that me and dave would sit here and go and do a sort of london version of that mm. you know you can go down the street and get a uh, coffee for four quid and <laughs> then uh, walk through the broken glass which has been there for two weeks uh and, a lovely new bit of graffiti on the wall just over there yeah 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 exactly <laughs> um so it is you know it does it does sound idyllic. you're right you, of course the grass is always greener you always think yeah elsewhere there's reality it's, everywhere as well i mean there, you know ar- arseholes abound wherever you go and you take your own arsehole with you wherever you travel as well so <laughs> <you know. laughs> <laughs> that, that would be a much better announcement at the end of a train journey, wouldn't it? Please take your baggage and arsehole with you. That is <laughs> uh, your impersonal arsehole with you. Yes. <laughs> um, so, talk to me about the community. Then you mentioned you've taken the the was it an island that's been repossessed, so to speak, by the community? That sounds pretty awesome. Is that how that works? That yeah, so um, land ownership is a kind of a, a big question in in rural. Uh, in fact, not even rural in in, in sort of uh, Scottish identity questions at the moment as well. And there's a great body called Community Land Scotland who I'm actually doing some work for um, with filmmaking stuff at the moment, which is who they represent all the different land um, community land owning bodies, and it's about the. Um, I mean, there's a, the great. The great um, story of this goes back to the theatre stuff of the theatre company 784, who I'm sure you'll have heard of and your listeners have heard of in the past. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, they were kind of uh, a really political theatre company. And uh, the John McGrath, the guy that founded them, uh, was um, was in a <laughs> was in a petrol station in Ullapool way up north one day. And uh, it was in the, back in the 70s, around the time he achieved the stag in the black, black oil. And uh, the guy filling up the tank for him, that's how long ago it was, said, hey, wait, 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 what's that? What does 784 stand for? And he said, well, seven percent of the population owns 84 percent of the wealth and the guy in the, the tank went oh, but there's no need to brag about it so, <laughs> yeah. so there's a real so it's the problem of uh, yeah people owning their futures through land stuff because you know that so if you've ever seen the film bait by mark jenkins that's it's exactly the same kind of dichotomy as that baits and i think it's the greatest british film in, in donkeys i absolutely love it I've seen it bait oh it's okay. so good mm-hmm. uh, it's it's a real uh, it's 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 really close to here. We watched it as a group of pals together a few when it came out on DVD, and it was just ah oh, magical. But it's that question of you know how how can people afford to live uh, if they're from here and they want to stay in their own place when uh, tourist prices or you know prices of people wanting to move here for a second home or a holiday home put the price of housing up and land yeah. up yeah. massively. And um, so it's a, that's the question of land ownership is a, a really 
it's not comedy material at the moment, although I'm, I'm working on a radio series trying to do that. But uh, yeah, we'll see. So okay, yeah. okay, yeah, no, it's good. I mean, it's just it's the, they, the same problem exists in all sorts of places. Like certainly, don't, when you go to Cornwall totally. and stuff like that, all the locals uh, are maddened by it, you know, and they've ended yeah. up doing things to try and solve it. And it, I didn't know that about seven eighty four. I didn't know that's why they were called that. That's brilliant. Uh, Obviously, now they've had to change it to two ninety because things have got worse. But, um, <laughs> is, gosh, is, that is brilliant. Um, so, uh, so also. Like in terms of the community around you, so you say you work in the um, like film business, ah, yeah, theatre and film and education. Yeah, yeah. So do you do like locations? I, do I, no, I don't do locations. So I do kind of more kind of um, kind of uh, local filmmaking. And so the uh, last night I was making a trailer for Campbellton Picture House for their for their project Thirty Films to See Before You're Thirty. So a wee trailer to go out before that with um, a list of thirty films that the, 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 that will be um, up for the audience to select there. Oh, but nice. we also like. Around here, when lockdown fell, we made a, a, a film. My wife and I. So, my, oh, I must say as well, my wife is the one responsible for the puns. She's the Punisher. Very uh, good, the Punisher. Uh, she is actually, that good. sounds really bad. She's seriously <laughs> impressive with the puns. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, when yeah, when uh, lockdown fell, we um, we asked the community around here because um, we do a podcast called um, "What We Do in the Winter," which is local voices talking about mm. their lives and the reality of their voice, their lives. And uh, we asked local people to submit just a minute of footage uh, of of their reality at this moment in time as the first lockdown was and we made a film out of that called Islands in Film and it, we showed the it's on YouTube and we did a sort of premiere on YouTube as well and people all over the world have seen it and watched it just to see what the reality of, of living around here was and, uh, and it's it's yeah, it's really it was a fascinating moment to to kind of capture i love it it's great i love the podcast by the way i've been listening to it uh since uh Jonathan thank Peoples you so much has, has apt, he's, he's, he's acted as your excellent pr uh, yeah, uh agent in the, in the last week or a two podcast yes. yeah exactly <laughs> <laughs> exactly so you've been doing it for what a couple of years now the the podcast it started because one of the things that happened was that um i got really fed up when i heard um someone saying to a friend in tobermory oh so um when the day finishes do you go home from work to oban and well oban's like you know it's um 40 miles away down the road or and more and uh, across the sea as well and, and, and it's like ah oh, man it's just kind of shine a light on the realities of life here because the depth of life that people have, have lived on on, on Mal Iona Ulvagometra Erid Tyree Collins all these other islands is, is extraordinary so it's trying to capture uh, put shine a light on that to add dimensions to it rather than this kind of oh it's nice what do you do there mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> no of course as that, as, uh, did you used to sort of travel around all the islands before or has this given you a, a new sort of a new lease of seeing all the all the different places around or is that something you already did well, I was very lucky to um, travel all over the place with them. Um, I particularly work with them um, into film, who are a film education charity who do some brilliant stuff. And uh, I've been working right through the islands and Hebrides with with them. Um, so I was capturing voices as I was going around, but also going to places that were that, that were dear to me. Um, so um, like Tyree, where I was, um, where I was teaching in the, the Gaelic Fish. They are teaching filmmaking for kids in Gaelic in the in the Fish, and uh, I took a chance to talk to a couple of folk there. One of whom had been the doctor in the community for so long, but had. First, when he first trained, had gone off to work with um, uh, Aboriginal people in Australia, and had you know shared extraordinary tales of of, of life there, and then um, it had come back to to Tyree and his sto- stories of the community there. Another guy who taught the accordion there for a long time as well, and had a big influence on the music scene that's running throughout Scotland at the moment. And then come back here, and there was um, there's a lovely tale of um, Lucy Mackenzie, who's I mean, there's Lucy's story is really interesting. She was brought up in um, the big house at Calgary, which 
to kind of be here, um, but had um, moved to Napoli, I think it was when she was younger, and it was living in real poverty, eating sort of um, ricotta and stuff like that. And her mum sent her a um, note from the Times saying, "Here's um, a job going in Rome if you're interested." And she applied for it, and she became Valentino's PA for a number of years. Oh, wow! And then what? came back. I know, absolutely. And then, the, but her, her tale goes on and on. Like her dad was part of the Normandy um, landings, and so the 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 landing, the or, the signed orders for the landings were in their downstairs toilet <laughs> oh <my laughs> on display. On display. And then again with Lucy's story. So Lucy's um, cousin, because uh, was quite older than her, he, he was um, murdered in um, in a very famous circumstance. I don't know if you've ever seen the film White Mischief at all. No, um, I, I missed it, but it was um, yeah. Apparently, um, it's a well known. It's a well known t- tale. Anyway, so had, um, her cousin was murdered as part of the, the, the this thing. He was murdered, and the guy that um, committed the murder confessed to someone from the next island over's uh, aunt and a uh, cousin. Sorry, and her her mum then gave the murderer the alibi and her dad then hid the murder weapon and this is an island that's like a a mile and a half away from her door and there's only one or two people live on three actually people live on this island and so there's there's loads of these kind of weird coincidences and stuff that happen around here that is good to know Dave if we do any murders head up there and someone's going to have our back that is (laughs) exactly Exactly. (laughs) episode 4 Lucy McKenzie I found it It's, it's downloaded now that's uh, that's going to be my oh, morning, thanks. Alistair. There's a, there's a, there's a lot to uh, yeah. No, it's it's so honestly. If you um, it's such a interesting, but also just sort of. I mean, anyone that's been listening to this for the last ten or fifteen minutes, and Tom, you'll you'll get this. It's just such a relaxing listen. Listening to <sighs> listening to Alistair is so nice. Yeah, um, and I, I don't mean this, uh, Alistair, in a any sort of offensive way, but it's what I've been putting on to just fall asleep to at night because it's such a nice. I tend to listen to something for about half an hour before I fall asleep, and. Um, as we know, Tom, that Alison does to cabin fever, and yeah. in the same same way, I think similarly relaxing and sort of uh, interesting and introspective. But um, yeah, I've been put, I've putting what we do in the winter on, and it's and it's the perfect podcast. Thank you so that. much. No, no, no. It's, 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 gen- it's genuinely a delightful listen. I would encourage anyone to go out and listen to it so, uh, after they've listened to Cabin Fever. Obviously, yeah, that's what I was about to say. Thanks, Dave. Of course. Considering yeah. our, US, <laughs> our USP is helping you go to sleep, you've just sent the people to a completely different option for that. But um, thanks, Dave. Because <laughs> you, you've had a, you had a little break from it, didn't you, Alistair? The, the, the last one, the Hannah Fisher episode, is... is the first one you've done in a couple of months. Yeah. Is that right? Have you got a few more coming now? Is it was that a little um is that a lockdown enforced break or is it just a it was work went crazy, work went through the roof. Um with um with kind of distance, uh, people needing things at a distance for f- film education and different things. And uh, also making like people's practices changing. They were I was making training videos for someone so they could then send them on to their clients um so they could learn how to work within uh, human resources and things like that. So there's that my work was just like I started at half nine in the morning and didn't finished till half 11 if I was lucky for for the last kind of three four months wow. pretty much so half 11 uh, at night or half 11 yeah. in the morning uh, yeah well, where I wish <laughs> half 11 at night oh my god at night oh that's even worse god I thought it was bad in the first place yeah. <laughs> so I've really had a bit little time but there are there are there are um two or three more episodes in the archive and I'm going to speak to more people there's December calms down quite a lot so I'm hopefully going to catch a few more folk and, do you find uh, yourself talking to well. your sort of your friends and acquaintances in the community and you're just like oh my god I need to get is it quite a hard pitch to say to some you know random person uh, in a field somewhere in Scotland would you mind just popping into my shed so I can talk to you and record it all <laughs> it's 
do you know what? I, well, I actually find that's the, the thing with podcasts is that there's a real sense of community with them, and that's why that's why my wife and I and, and so many other your listeners love listening to yours is that there's that sense of your intimacy. You're with someone, and it's not there's it doesn't demand too much of you. Like, and a talking book demands that you kind of pay constant attention. Um, but whereas a podcast, it's a chat. It's a, a you know an intimate. You're with your pals, and that's so. If, if someone knows what a podcast is, they might be oh, okay. I know worries, but. Um, sometimes the the best episodes I've found are with people I've never met before because they're people who might not necessarily have ever been asked. So, mm. what's your story? Yeah. And yeah. you know that all sorts of richness can come out from that. The fact that the first time in their life they've been asked to to talk, and it's just magic. I love it. <laughs> so great! It's such a simple idea as well, and it is it's the basics that making that makes podcasting good. You know, it is exactly right. Yeah. Absolutely brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. Um, Listen, Alistair, uh, tell us then, before we lose you, what is the plan for the rest of your day today? What is going on? Uh, what What is happening for you? I want some... Uh, give, paint, paint another one of your... You know, one of the rich pictures that you're so good at doing with your words. <laughs> well, thank you. Um, um, so... Uh, I'm going to chat to uh, a gentleman from Iona about how um, podcasting process works after this. Um, so, because he's a student and he's keen to kind of develop um, his work as a, a podcaster. So I'm going to chat to him. Yeah. And then... Um, after that, I think I'm probably going to take the dog for a walk. I'm looking out to see the sky. Yeah, it's still nice and blue. There's clouds around. So I'm going to take the dog for a walk. I won't need my full waterproof um, trousers, bright orange wellies and waterproof jacket today, thankfully. <laughs> um, so I'll head out with my ear pods on and I'll probably listen to um, some nice podcast uh, as I'm wandering around. Um, there's a lot of great Australian broadcasting I listen to from ABC. There's some really conversations. is a great podcast I walk to. And then... Um, and then after that, I'm back in doing some prep for a website thing for a project which is forthcoming. And then at seven o'clock, I'm teaching for Keep Scotland Beautiful, the um, the environmental charity. I'm looking at uh, filmmaking skills with youth workers, how to develop uh, filmmaking skills for um, raising climate change awareness. And then after that, I'll probably be in a heap somewhere. <laughs> Bet you will. <laughs> Me and Stephen King. I'm reading the um, the Institute by Stephen King. Oh, is it good? I love Stephen King. I just love Stephen King. Um, it's 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 got all the kind of confident Stephen King tropes that you that you know and love. So it's um it's great. It's um there's nothing startlingly new in it yet, but it's okay. it's so comfortable and friendly. It's lovely. I um Stephen King is was my breakthrough book when I was about eleven years old, way too young. I remember getting onto a ferry with my dad, and they had a tiny little W H Smiths uh, on the ferry, and uh, we uh, went over to it, and uh, he wanted me to read something, you know, what a, a normal eleven year old should be reading, and there was a Stephen King book, Needful Things, absolutely. Oh, yeah. Yeah. terrifying horrible book full of swear words full of sex completely inappropriate and f- f- all credit to my dad a very conservative man my dad said fine all right fine you can i'm gonna buy it for you but you've got to read it and i did and that was it i was in stephen king and my reading life begun so i, I have a big soft spot for stephen king lovely yeah he's amazing he really is we've lost dave dave's just jumped off the call i think dave's gone oh my god oh no we've lost dave Cribb. <laughs> um oh this is so great alistair let's just wait uh for Dave to jump back. No worries at all. Uh, thank you so much for doing this. What kind of dog have you got, please? That's the other thing I want to complete. Well, yeah, we, we, um, we've got a spaniel, a spaniel called Ripley, after Ellen Ripley from Alien, of course. Of course. And uh, we've got two cats, oh, three cats, actually. We've got um, uh, Fingal, who's our uh, old cat, who's mm-hmm. just gorgeous. And we've got two little um, uh, foundlings, uh, one who is called Temple Grandin, after the abattoir designer, because she was found by an abattoir, and uh, Perkin Warbeck. 
because he's the pretender, pretender to our hearts. Oh, <laughs> so. beautiful, beautiful. I love that. Yeah. I love that. Ripley's Ripley's a great name. Um, I think. Uh, oh, Dave's jumping back on. Um, <laughs> I uh, so when you say foundlings, you mean you they were they were sort of discovered under a tree somewhere, or did you go to a restaurant? Yeah. A pal, um, a pal was driving up from the the Loch Bui, uh, which is a beautiful part of the island, and uh, she was driving past the slaughterhouse going towards Salon, yeah. um, and she saw these kittens playing in the in the, the verge at the side. No! So she said to her sister, uh, sister-in-law, "Look, there's kittens there." And oh. her sister works for a cat, works with cat protection um, stuff around here, yeah. and so they trapped them, and we got two of them, and they're amazing. Oh my god! When did you get them? <laughs> Uh, about uh, about four months ago, five months ago. Oh, so it's like still that. new. So lockdown kittens then? Yeah, yeah, that's been amazing. They've been great wee pals. And if you got oh, a lot sorry. of... That's all right, don't worry. We're, we're, this bit will be cut anyway because it's a bit weird if there's no Dave Cripp. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, you need yeah. your Dave. He, did you know it's the first time he's ever ju- he's ever um, fallen off? The first... You've, you've broken the cabin fever system. Oh, no. it, it's me and you now, Alistair. That's it. Basically, that was Dave resigning. I think he's realised he's been out-broadcasted, so he's done. He's gone. <laughs> the Isle of Mull Broadcasting Corporation is proud to to you. <laughs> cabin fever. <laughs> um, so, uh, what was I going to say? What was I going to say? I had a thought about the cats, about the kittens. Oh, yeah. Amazing to get lockdown kittens. That's brilliant. You can just stare at them all through lockdown. I uh, know it's um, they've been absolutely fantastic. The um, kitten farts, though, my god, they are. <laughs> Is that oh, they bad? Oh, bad. oh, eye waterers, just oh, jings, really? Yeah. That's hilarious. oh, they're just yeah, yeah. But how can they do that? Kendall's they look so sweet. I don't know. I think mm. that their farts are stripy as well. You know, it's, oh, just, oh, it's oh. probably because they're um, it's probably because they're eating terrible, terrible things out and about in the garden. Have you got a lot of land where you are? Can they just can they go off into the? We do. I we're, we're so so lucky with the land we have. Um, yeah, we um, we've got woodland all around us, and it's. Um, <gasps> it's oh my it's god! If my wife listens to this podcast, she's going to be packing the car. She's obsessed. She wants to buy. Uh, she wants us to move to Scotland and be surrounded by woods. That's essentially all she wants to do. Ah, well, if you're ever in this part of the wood, do come and see us because it's well, um, yeah, it's yeah. it's just um, yeah, we've got um, native, we've got otters as well. We um, we lost all our chickens to otters about two years ago, oh, and yeah. so that was <laughs> it was quite brutal. Oh my but uh, my wife's had otters for about thirty years, and so um, yeah, it was the first time an otter went kind of from, from, went went for them. But it took one a day, and that. When was you that, say you've so. got otters, you mean they're otters living wild, or you've actually got them? The like, not like, tame ones. Not tame. Um, okay, well, can you can one? That's a big question. Can you yes, tame an you otter? Can. You can. Um, well, Gavin, Gavin Maxwell stuff and Terry Nutkins with one less finger and all that. Um, is, that is that how Nutkins lost his finger? Apparently so. Yeah, um, it's in uh, one of Maxwell's books. But now we've got an otter holt on the land here as well, where they where they live. But we have pals who had um, uh, otters, uh, and, and uh, it was called Snotter the otter. <laughs> um, when when uh, before they had kids, they had uh, it was a, a lost pup, and they they raised it, and it, yeah, it was it was there. But I don't. It's not the sort of thing you put in a lead and go for a walk with. That's but, uh, I, don't, I don't know. If you want to sort of if you want to accentuate the idea of a, a, a an eccentric Scottish countryside dweller just walking around with an otter on a lead. <laughs> Welcome, we, welcome, one and all. We the otters, away we go. Aye. Hello. Hello. Dave Cribb, can you hear us? No. Why can't I hear you? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I don't know why you can't hear me. Can you hear me? Okay, no, I can't hear anything. If you can hear me, yes. I have no idea what's happened. My internet's gone down. Oh, my, um, the, my phone isn't working. Everything's gone... Absolute shit. Oh. I'm in central London, and ironically, I'm the one that's dropped off when we're talking to a man on the Isle of Mull. 
but I don't know what's going on. So this is I'm basically leaving you an extended voicemail message now because I can't hear a word you're saying, but hopefully you can hear some of this. Uh, this is perfect. Um, but should we call that yeah. the end of the podcast? Probably. Who knows? Up to you. All the best. <laughs> well, that was um, Dave Cribb there, very much leaving Cabin Fever forever. Um, uh, Alistair, are you okay to come and co-host this with me tomorrow? Yeah. Oh, I, 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 do, I, I would, I would love that, but uh, I think, I think you're in safe hands with Dave there. All right, okay, fine. I'll take that as a polite no. Fair enough. Um, Alistair, what a pleasure to catch up with you. And uh, listen, people can follow Thanks, you on Twitter because uh, we obviously you can find us on Twitter and you'll see Alistair interacting Aye. with us, doing all the puns. But also, most importantly, that wonderful podcast, uh, what we do in the winter, is uh, out now and available and brilliant. And you must listen to it. It's a delicious, delicious thing. Thank you. Absolute pleasure, Alistair. Goodbye. Chidi bye. bye. Cabin FE A3709 Oh 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 Cabin FE A3709 Oh 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 Cabin FE A3709 Oh 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 that's our Twitter name Great big Why can't I hear you? Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com.